Welcome to The Experts Speak, a service of the Florida Psychiatric Society. I'm Abby Strauss, and thank you for listening. We are pleased to have here for a second interview Donald Cavanaugh, Youth and Family Service Coordinator with a program known as Compass Hope in Florida's Palm Beach County. In our first interview, we looked at the statistics and scope of the problems of the LGBTQ teen and preteen as they faced their gender identity and sexual orientation issues as they grew up. We spoke, too, of the much higher suicide rate in this group and of the double psychosocial burdens that this group faces. Today, we want to focus more on what types of interventions are needed for both the kids and their families. But first, let's give out the website again. It's Compass GLCC. That's one word, C-O-M-P-A-S-S-G-L-C-C dot com. Mr. Cavanaugh, thank you again for coming here a second time. Thank you for having me back. Let's start again with a definition, just in case people need to know. What do the initials LGBTQ stand for, and what is the size of this population? LGBTQ stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and the Q can be queer or questioning. Mostly we use questioning when we're referring to kids because frequently kids are questioning as they reach puberty. Okay, and how large a group is this? Best statistics. Um, the best that we can come up with is that the LGBT popula- LGBTQ population is somewhere around 4 to 10% of the entire population of any given group of people. So that's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. And, and when you take into consideration the impact that LGBT issues have on non-lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people whose lives are affected by these gay people, it becomes even bigger. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. What I'd like to focus on today is that when you go out and you are asked to intervene or someone calls you and says, we have a problem, or a kid calls you and says, help me, when you start to speak to people about these issues, what facts, what concepts do they usually find the most surprising as as they get closer to the data? I do. As you know, I do a lot of adult workshop, have developed several training programs to help people understand the issues that LGBTQ kids face, particularly kids, but you carry it into adulthood, it doesn't stop when you graduate from high school. People are frequently shocked at the the rate of unplanned pregnancies that, that gay kids have. They're often surprised that gay kids tend to drop out of school three to four times more frequently, that they tend to skip school three to four times more frequently, and the suicide rate always puts people, surprises them that there are that many kids who would attempt suicide. The suicide rate, again, being roughly three times the expected rate in the non Right, three to four times that number. That's an amazing number. And these kids are doing it not necessarily because of biological depressions, though, of course, they can also suffer from all the normal biological issues and family issues and so on. It is infinitely complicated by the gender identity issues and how it's dealt with in the family. So what are your intervention techniques? What what do you do? How do you knock on the door and say, hi, I'm here and begin the process? (laughs) Well, we work very closely with the the school district, the Safe Schools group particularly, and we work closely with the social services agencies to, first of all, train adults to recognize and intervene in anti-gay bullying situations. It's so common that most adults, many adults anyway, don't hear it. That's so gay has become just a catchphrase that a lot of people use. The gay kid hearing that, of course, is, is abused or assaulted uh, verbally, but the teacher doesn't hear it or the person in charge doesn't hear it. So we have to sensitize the adults to what's happening in front of them so that they will know to, to intervene, and then we have to help them intervene. We have a number of, a number of different steps that they can take, and we, we have a number of workshops that we can work through with them. 
So the steps that they take, because you might actually be faced with a situation where you're asking people to change a basic opinion, approach, philosophy, outlook, etc., towards this group of people. That I can imagine at times be easy and sometimes harder. Well, actually, it's a little bit more complex than that. What we're trying to do is change people's gut reactions to homosexuality to begin with. My way of thinking about this is that we respond to certain stimuli in society based on our gut response, and it, it comes from the primitive brain, the fight-or-flight issue. Mm -hmm. So I've been trained that homosexuals are evil, doomed people, and unconsciously that's come through the fight-or-flight mechanism in the, in the primitive brain. Now I'm going to have to deal with this in a conscious level. How do I get out of the gut response and into the conscious level to get people to understand and stop reacting to something that they've been trained all their lives unconsciously to react to? How successful are you with this? Well, based on the surveys that I do at the end of each of my training programs, I make pretty reasonable headway. Usually 90 to 95 percent of the people say that they have learned something and that they have better ideas of how to intervene if, there are instant, if they come across instances in the school or the social services area. Bullying is a very serious problem in our society. Huge. And it's for a whole bunch of reasons. Mm -hmm. We know recently of the young man who jumped off, I think it was the George Washington Bridge. Right. You told me before we started recording that the number of gay kids who commit suicide is actually statistically much higher than that isolated, which was tragic. But isolated events seem to imply it seemed to suggest that it was more rare than common. And you're saying, no, it's more common than reported. Right. Most straight people aren't aware of this, but most gay people are. In the month of September, when Clemente jumped off the George Washington Bridge, mm -hmm. four other teenagers, gay teenagers, committed suicide around the country. There was California, someplace in the Midwest. They, they hung themselves. They shot themselves. Finally, it got a little bit of attention, but not enough because nobody's really looking at that. And these suicides, to the best that we can understand were triggered mostly by harassment and bullying, embarrassment, psychosocial issues, not right. necessarily biological issues. Yes. And in, I think it was 2009, there were two 11-year-old two boys committed suicide. Really? At age 11 because they had been harassed for being gay, even though we don't know for sure whether they were or not because they had not come out. One was in Massachusetts and the other one was in Georgia. But 11-year-old children committing suicide because of abuse by other children. There aren't words for that. There, there just aren't words. So when you bring this material to the schools or to the parents, I would think, sadly, that it doesn't always work. Do sometimes kids need to be moved to other schools, go live with other family members, those types of things, the geographical cure, so to speak, need to come into play? There's a fair amount of that that takes place. There's opportunities now where you can do online schooling through the Internet, so you don't have to be in a social situation like the school system. Mm -hmm. I know of several cases where parents have taken the kids out of school to homeschool them. I know of other cases where the kids have been put into private schools where hopefully the harassment will, will change. There is in our society, and perhaps I'm not properly stating this in terms of its perspective, but there seems to be a greater acceptance of homosexuality than when even I was a kid. And yet you say that these problems still exist. I could see someone saying, wait, it's not as bad as you're making it out to be. But apparently it is. Well, I mean, how many kids can we afford to lose? Absolutely. Who are we going to throw away and let die? What's the number that will make you upset enough to, to act? Mm -hmm. For me, one is enough. 
How difficult is it or what are the sort of typical problems that you encounter as you help a parent accept their kid's sexuality as being non-heterosexual? When you have to talk to parents, what sort of things do you see there? There's a lot of fear, the fear of the unknown, fear of society's judgment of them as parents. Many parents believe that it's their fault that their kids are gay, although that's starting to change, thank goodness, because of there's more publicity around the, the issue, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. The gut response that I've talked about in the past doesn't seem to have changed as much as one might have hoped. I've given presentations to kids in high school that talk about these kinds of issues. I use a, a slide that shows a picture of a heterosexual couple kissing followed by a slide of two men kissing. And even with the teenagers, I get a reaction that indicates that they've sexualized homosexuality. Almost to a child, they go, ew, that's nasty, which is just the reaction to sexualization. In my- so what is an act of affection becomes a sexual act. Sexual act, yes. yes. If you, if you see a straight couple walking down the street holding hands, you, you really won't even notice it for the most part. But if you see two men particularly heterosex uh, mm-hmm. same-sex couples holding hands it becomes an aff- affront it's an it's an assault on people it's a sex act so where are we going with this how are we are we going to be able to help this group so that they can have a better chance at a normal psychological life well i hope so the current attention that's being given to bullying generally is is going to be a big help but One of the problems is that the schools and other areas looking at these issues look at bullying as something that sort of just goes across all kids. In my way of thinking, we need to understand what the sources of bullying are and then address those root causes, if you will. What are some of the typical stories, if you could condense it in a manner that would give us a flavor of when you get involved with a family or or a child, are there a standard set of concerns, obstacles, uh, a curriculum of sort of what you have to do to intervene? We've said before that when a kid comes out, the, the parents go into the closet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they need help understanding why they don't need to be in the closet. So many of them worry that the kids won't have the grandchildren that they had hoped for and stuff like that. There are some research and some studies that show that parents actually go through a mourning period uh, when a kid comes out. The child that they thought they knew was physically there in front of them mm-hmm. is dead, and they need to mourn that child's existence and then hopefully pick up from there and go forward. And by and large, are you seeing a good response as you do these things? Are parents coming out of the closet, to use your phrase? I think more and more. I don't think there's been any recent research on exactly how parents are responding that mm-hmm. would say we've improved this versus that. But your sense, your but sense. My sense is that yes, I've had a number of instances where parents have called me at Compass and said, "I have a child who's gay. I need to get some help for the child." That's good for myself. It's, it's wonderful. It's it's a fairly new phenomenon. A statistic was brought up earlier um, when, when we first talked about the number of kids who don't feel safe in school, gay kids who don't feel safe in school, and was almost five, six times the percentage. That's a lot. It's huge. Do these, a lot of gay kids end up dropping out of school? Do they end up being runaways? There is the phenomenon of runaway and throwaway by some parents to their gay kids coming out is to throw them out. And we run into that not as frequently as in the past, but it's still happening with some frequency. And and the ages of the kids we hear from can be very frightening. 13-year-old child calling and saying he's been thrown out of his house. What does he do? 
but but it is it is getting better in my opinion and and the response is people there are probably fewer people doing that than there were in the past and that's because of the open discussion and education and looking at these people it's because of yes and the constant the the presence of organizations like Compass and like the Pride Center down in Fort Lauderdale and the agencies that provide services to LGBT people visibly it's changing but it's it's a slow change in my opinion I, I think it is a slow change and it is a responsibility of those of us in mental health to understand this population and to also not be as hesitant to deal with the sexual issues. I know a couple years ago there was a psychologist locally who was gay and perhaps more by accident. No, I'm going to take that back. Perhaps more by unconscious design. Many people referred their gay patients to him and he was very comfortable talking to obviously people who were gay. But I think the gay folks also had a greater sense of comfort, not necessarily because he was gay, because theoretically one ought to be able to understand as a professional, but it was that understanding, it was that acceptance. In my opinion, it's the case where the the gay therapist has overcome his own gut response, negative gut response Mm -hmm. to homosexuality. We're raised by, with the same measures as our heterosexual counterparts, so we get the same messages. Yeah. We're perverted, we're all those things that people mm-hmm. don't think about, but they come up when they hear gay, gay issues. When Vice President Cheney announced that his daughter was gay, and there have been other significant celebrities who have done that, I, don't, I, I honestly, as, a, as an American, I'm not quite sure what their response was. I think there was a sigh of relief at one level that it wasn't hidden but these celebrities seem always to bring us a couple notches in a, in a better direction. Obviously, we have a ways to go. Yeah, we have a ways to go. Visibility is one of the most important things for gay people. It, it, and that's why organizations like Compass and other visible gay institutions in a community have such an impact in helping gay people live and survive. Mm-hmm. It's because when when people get used to us, it changes their impression of us. And so the more of us who come out, the more of us who can come out, if you will. But the visibility is such a critical, critical piece. And we're trained from age three not to be visible as gay people. And see, that's really interesting because if a young child is invisible by choice, to become visible is sometimes contrary to all the social skills that or the, would be the social skills that he doesn't have or right. she doesn't have. Right. And would it, be a, would it be an opposition of every inch of his life to stay safe? Interesting. There have been so many discussions over the course of years of what causes homosexuality. I don't think we know, and I'm not asking you to speak about it because we, we don't know. We don't know. But its frequency in our society, roughly 7%, suggests that it's common to the point where a lot of people are suffering because of the intolerance of other people. And that's so much the issue here. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of the chart that we've talked about in the past, the bell curve. Mm-hmm. If you try to look at a bell curve of sexual orientation and or gender identity, 90% of the people say that they're heterosexual and up to 7% say that they're not heterosexual. Right. So there is no bell, right? There's a little blip up in the openly gay people's line and the straight line is straight (laughs) and flat, right? So how many of those people in the straight line really would prefer not to be in that straight line? Interesting. Consciously or not. Sure. Right. Sure. Where does the bell, where is my bell? (laughs) And what you have suggested is that we have, if I'm reading you correctly, is that we have 
taken the notion of sexualization and used that as a measure of a person as opposed to everything else that they do in life. It's, when you when you come to gay issues, it certainly is the case. Actually, you could say that about heterosexual issues also, because we automatically assume that everybody's heterosexual, and therefore these are the issues and values that that person, these people have, right? We do make that assumption until we know otherwise. Until somebody says, no, I'm not heterosexual. And even even often when you know that the person is, is gay or lesbian or bisexual or transgender, you, you don't recognize it because it's uncomfortable making. And so if you're 13 or 14 years old and you're developing, going through puberty mm -hmm. and beginning to get all the normal teenage stuff, stuff <laughs> <laughs> that they go through normally, right. this adds to an incredible burden and hence the importance of programs like the ones that you are associated right. with and continuing to work with in helping these kids have mentors and who can they talk to and not to feel that they need to kill themselves. Right. Right. when things go really bad for them. Yeah, we need to do more of that. Are these programs nationwide? Are there? Are, are, I'm glad we have one here in Palm Beach County, but are they nationwide? Do they exist elsewhere? Uh, they exist elsewhere. I believe there are 167 community center, gay community centers around the United States. That's not a huge number when you no. consider the size of the country and the, <laughs> the number of cities that we have. So, no, there's not an awful lot of help out there. Perhaps the organization that has the biggest reach would be PFLAG, Parents, Families, and Friends of Lesbians and Gays, and they welcome gay kids to come and gay people. It's a safe place where anybody who's interested in going can go. And the name of that again is? It's PFLAG, Parents, Families, and Friends of Lesbians and Gays. And they probably have a website. Yes, they do, pflag.org. Okay. And then the GLSEN organization, Gay Lesbian Education Network, they have volunteers around the country who work with schools to try to educate educators in dealing with LGBT kids in particular. But other than those, it's really hit or miss around the country. If you have a place where there is no GLSEN, there is no PFLAG, and there is no equivalent of COMPASS, You've got a wilderness. Okay. For gay kids. And to complete the circle, if there is a teenager or I guess anybody of any age who is gay and feeling suicidal, there is a particular organization that's set up a little bit more to deal with the issues of someone who is gay and suicidal. And it's right. the, the Trevor Foundation. The Trevor, I think it's called the Trevor Project. Uh, and they have an 800 number for uh, LGBT kids to call in. You can also find them on YouTube. If you do a YouTube search of Trevor, T-R-E-V-O-R, mm -hmm. there's a little documentary on how they came to be, and there is an interview with the people who answer the phones, and they tell the stories of some of the kids who have been, whose lives literally have been saved on the phone because somebody was able to understand where they were coming from. So let's give the phone number then. The number is 866-488-7386. I was just going to say, and if teachers could put that visibly someplace in their classrooms, it might be a help. Interestingly, because if they are aware of the fact that roughly 1 in 10 or 1 in 15 of their students will be gay, mm -hmm. if the statistics hold, then that's, that's a very large number of kids walking down the halls of the school. Donald Kavanaugh has worked for years with the teenagers and preteens who are suffering with sexual gender issues, and he's also worked with their families and done programs to enlighten people so that we can help this very large segment of our society find a better way to live and, and be more comfortable in life. Thank you so much for being with us, sir. Thank you very much for the opportunity.